history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. It's Matthew, and we're back again with another episode covering the 2022 municipal election. One interview every week, right up until the election. But here's a special bonus. As of July, we're actually going to do two interviews every week, right up until the election. On the Monday and the Thursday. So we have that to look forward to. And we're also going to be partnering partnering with a new not-for-profit called Triumph Over Trauma. They are focused on eliminating the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're eliminating the red tape and the, the lack of accessibility to affordable or free mental health uh, therapy. That's what they want to do. And you can find them on Instagram. And if you look them up on Instagram, you will find their GoFundMe page. Please, if you guys can't contribute, I understand, but please go ahead and share it with anybody and let's get this thing started and let's get uh, affordable mental health care to the people of Ontario. And with that, I will start the interview and I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Frank McGillian. He's running for City Council of Ward 2 of the City of Pickering. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Busy so, day, but, you know, it's to, coming to the end. Yes, it is. And um, so I just want to start off a little bit, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, and then ultimately answer the question, why are you running, why this election, and why now? Well, the reason I'm running is I've been a resident of Pickering for about 18, almost 18 years now, and the exact same council pretty much has been in there the whole time. Okay. The only thing that gets done is a whole lot of building here. Okay. But the taxes keep going up. The more taxes they make, the more taxes they want. And I think one of the things I think I have to do is I have to find out how we can put a stop to the hike in taxes every year, especially considering, you know, we don't really, really need it considering Pickering doesn't do a lot of the infrastructure. And I know where our, ta- our tax base is shared uh, we get a percentage of what the tax base is, and I believe it's 22%. So if you're paying $5,000, you know, you, your dorm region gets most of that. Pickering gets 22% of it, right? I understand. But our, all the developers here tend to pay for their own infrastructure. They're putting in their own water lines. They're putting their own sewage lines running. You know, the city's not doing that kind of stuff much anymore, right? So I need to find out why... If they're not doing it and spending those millions, why they can't give us a bit of a tax break? Yeah, that uh, that would be a question worth asking, definitely. And uh, so I wanted to talk about maybe some of the ward concerns. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on the ward boundaries of, of uh, or sorry, on the boundaries of Ward 2. Um, would you clarify them for me? Well, right now, 
as of this election day are from Fairport Road, I believe, to Liverpool Road, up to Concession Road 3, and then they go south of the 401 from the Ajax border over to Frenchman's Bay. And then Ward 3 goes north of the 401 from Liverpool up all the northern part of Pickering, and Ward number 1, well, that's Ward 3, and then Ward number 1 goes from the Scarborough Line up to Concession 3 over to Fairport and down to the lake. So in your ward, it, is that where you would find the uh, the nuclear power plant? No. The, well, actually, yes, you would. You would find the nuclear plant in Ward, ward 2. Okay. And uh, so I have a friend that I work with, and uh, he actually lives in Pickering, and he loves it there. But I, I told him I was going to do this podcast, and I'm like, you know, what are what are some of the things that uh, maybe maybe I should ask if I have anybody from Pickering? And he said, well, ask him about the nuclear plant. And so I guess my question would be like, uh, what do you think should be done with the nuclear plant? Should we uh, shut it down? Is it safe? Anything you want to add on that topic? Uh, you know what? I, I don't, I think, you know, funny thing happened to me. I got thyroid cancer a few years back. I'm sorry. And my, my specialist said to me, I have, if I, he said, if I put all my patients in the group where they're from, I've got more patients from Pickering than any other community. So, yeah, I'm a bit concerned that, you know, something's going on that, you know, we're not, uh, you know, privy to. But on, on a whole, I think the nuclear plant has been a, a good thing for Pickering. I think it's as safe as it possibly can be. I mean, it is scheduled to be shut down. Um, but I think probably what will happen is I think it'll be somewhat revamped and kept going for a while longer. But, um, you know... They say it's being shut down in 2024, but, you know, who's to say? I mean, new government just came in, so they've got a new mandate for four years. Anything can happen, but I, I don't have a big problem with the plant myself. Okay. In terms of the uh, the budget, um, it was explained to me that, uh, so the local city council has a budget, but all, but the regional council also has a budget, and mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, um, what are some of the uh, things that maybe you'd like to see happen and maybe some concerns and anything you want to offer on uh, on that topic? Well, the word budget applies to every single one of us. We all have a budget in our house, right? We all have to pay taxes for a budget in our city. So I think the city has to have the responsibility to maintain that budget in such a way that every T is crossed and every I is dotted. And I don't think they do that well enough. I think that like any other budget, when the government gives people money or the people give the government money, I think they waste it. I think we have at least, at least a 15% savings in, within the city that we could come up with. You know, I mean, a good example was, you know, there were, what, 600,000, about 600,000 people 15 years ago in Dorm Region. There were 1,000 employees with the Dorm Region. Now there's just over 800,000, and there's 5,000 employees. So they had to hire 4,000 employees 
to take care of an extra 200,000 people. Math doesn't quite work out. No, it doesn't. And that's the biggest way that they, you know, they lose their budget. I mean, here in Durham Region, I think something like 50% or close to 50% is just for police services here. I mean, that's a lot of money just to the police service. And I'm okay with the police service. I think, you know, I mean, we need them and all that. But I think there again, there's places that can be, you know, if somebody goes over and talks to them and sits them down and says, I'm sorry, but you're losing 10% of your budget. I'm pretty sure they could find good places to uh, make cuts where it didn't hurt. But. Yeah, that uh, definitely, you know, in Toronto, um, I think you and I spoke previously. Uh, I told you Toronto is just bleeding money and there are so many ways that we can find savings and efficiencies. We just need the right people to do it because the current regime is not interested. So uh, there's that. Uh, moving along, though, to transit, um, I- I'd love to hear any ideas that you might have for transit or anything that you support, such as uh, if the city of Toronto wants to move the, like, build the TTC into uh, the into the Durham region or, you know, anything with the go or enhancing the Durham regional transit itself. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think I think they need to better the uh, I mean, the go train going into the city. I mean, that's probably doing really, really well. But there's a lot of Pickering and Ajax and you know, dorm region that is not covered by the transit, but yet they, they, they build, you know, like the seat and development here. Okay. They build all these houses, but they, they don't put buses in on the main, the streets going into these houses. So people got to walk for a mile or two to get to a nearest bus. Well, if you're not going to cover it, then, you know, let somebody else cover it. Like, you know, do like Innisville. Pay them to take an Uber out to the nearest bus stop or, you know, I mean, we have cold winters and we have older people that need help. And this city, most cities don't do anything for the elderly and they don't care about the marginal people who, uh, you know, if, if you're not making enough money, they don't really seem to care much. I see. Uh, yeah, you know. Transit's always a tricky issue. I know that in the city of Toronto, we spent 10 years talking about it. We went from uh, David Miller's LRT to Rob Ford Subways to uh, John Tory Smart Track, and they just kept talking and talking and talking, and nothing really got done. And, and now we've got shovels in the ground. But if we had shovels in the ground years ago, we'd be a lot farther along on the projects that are currently being worked on. So... Um, Hopefully, whatever discussion has to happen in the Durham region and in local in Pickering, you know, that can happen quickly and then we, you, you guys can get shovels in the ground or whatever that looks like in terms for your transit. Well, I, I mean, there's the new, uh, I, I don't know if very many people, if they get a chance, they can go to uh, verain.com. That's uh, V-E-R-A-I-N-E. Now, this is a new development that's going, they're, they're trying to put in North Pickering. That's, they're talking about new transit from there into Pickering, into Scarborough, into Markham. You know, I mean, that's years down the road, but it's, I mean, they're talking, you know, eight, 9,000 hectares of land for this development alone, right? Of farmland, of 
green space of, you know, and for some reason, you know, a lot of the stuff gets done and we don't know about it until the shovels are in the ground. So that's one of the things that I want to do is I want to make sure the public knows exactly what's going on, when it's going on, and in some cases years before it's gone. And we need full transparency, right? And we need some integrity in there. You know, when you when you get the same people in office all the time, you know, things happen you don't know about. And you want to know about them. And we have a right to know about them. Absolutely. They happen because we pay. You know, this... Everybody I know that's moved out to Pickering, moved out to, out of Pickering from Toronto, Scarborough, and, and other areas, you know, because it was quiet. It was a beautiful little community. You know, and, and the goal today is if you look up Kingston Road Corridor for Pickering, they want Kingston Road to look like Young Street, right? The problem is, is they've passed all that. They've agreed all, to all that, but nobody's ever done a traffic study. You know, without doing a traffic study... How do you know this can even happen? But these are things that happen that we don't know about because uh, they're not telling us. Like, you're going to do a trailer, you, you know, when I moved here, I have a trailer over in Ajax on Notion Road. And in four minutes from my house, I could be to that trailer in four minutes, pick up my tools in the morning. Now, I'm lucky to do it in 15. Wow. And if, you know, if you come into Pickering from Toronto... 90% of Pickering has to get off at White's Road because the only other road to get off is Brock Road. And why would you get off at Brock Road if you live anywhere west of Brock Road? So everybody gets off at White's Road in order to get to their house. Yeah, I think we, we talked about this. And uh, sometimes when I'm making deliveries, I would get off. But I'm coming from the east, getting off at, Wh at White's Road. And that left-hand turn is just a nightmare. Yeah, and it used to be. You could do that left-hand turn. In about a minute, from the 401, you get up, boom, boom, you're gone. Now, you're lucky to get past that in 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, moving on to affordable housing, I feel like that is something that uh, you, the city of Pickering needs more of. Uh, anything you want to uh, tell me about affordable housing? <laughs> affordable housing. Isn't that a nice word? It is a nice word. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, you know unfortunately, the these days it's like a myth. I haven't, I haven't met anybody in the government that had enough common sense to even understand what it means. They, they don't, they don't want affordable housing. That's like the homeless. Do they really want to get the homeless off the street? Well, if you go back and do a little research and figure out how many billions of dollars Toronto has gotten over the past fifteen or twenty years for the homeless. And you count the amount of homeless on the street 15 years ago, and count the amount of homeless on the street today, they're still the same amount. They're not getting off the street. Why? Because it's like a budget. They don't give a crap if they're on the street, right? This department needs $2 million to buy more food to feed them, so they get their money. This department needs more to build more rooms for them to stay in. Well, they get more money. But these people don't go to them shelters, right? With the amount of money that they have spent for, on affordable, on, uh, home, on um, homeless, they could have built them all houses and there'd be nobody homeless in the city when you consider how much money they spent. But they think putting good money after bad money is the answer and it's never the answer, but nobody 
has the common sense to understand. When you drive down the United States, how many trailer parts do you find? Quite All a, over the place. Quite a few, how, yeah. How, how many do you find here? Not, not a lot. No. Companies like uh, Kent Homes down in the East Coast. You can buy a, a Kent Home modular home, which is what they're doing nowadays. I mean, you see tractor trailers on the highway every day with modular homes on them, right? Yep. You could supply the land and you could do modular homes and allow people to buy these things. And once they've paid for them, they have the right to own them. Habitat Humanity has a great concept, works very well for them, and people get into houses. Why does the government not adopt that policy to say, hey, yes, you know, we can build, we can build these houses a lot cheaper. I think it goes back to what you were saying before with the government being too comfortable. They don't want to rock the boat. Uh, those are my words, but uh, but it's the same with the city of Toronto. They think that the status quo is is just fine, and it and it's not. It's not. Nothing changed. One party to the party to the this term to that term. It's always the same, and. I mean, whether it's schools or whether it's hospitals, you, you, you look at nurses. You know, nurses get all mad at the government because the government won't give more money. Well, the government gives money, and then they don't get a raise. But unfortunately, you can't get a raise because it costs us more for a light bill. It costs us more for this, and the CEO has to have more money. So, you know, unfortunately, the money the government gave us isn't enough for you guys to get your raise. Though you deserve that raise, you can't get it because the people running your hospital have other expenses to pay. You know, it, it, it's stuff like that there. How easy is it to take nurses' wages and doctors' wages away from the hospitals and set up a group that just, that's all they do. They do payroll for nurses and doctors. That way, that's separate from the running of the hospital. The hospital can run all its wants, but the wages for nurses is separate from the government, from the uh, hospital. So an independent group pays their wages for them. That's an interesting... It would work out perfectly. That's an interesting but, idea. You know, you don't have... you don't have The nurses don't have to worry about whether or not the CEO is going to get his $4.3 million bonus because there's no CEO to get a bonus. But they get their their wages. If they're entitled to getting 2 or 3% this year, it actually will go to them. But the nurses have to pay into their unions. How many hundreds of dollars a month does their union take from them? That's a good point. All right. So let's do something, you know, put the nurses under a, a blanket that their payroll comes from somewhere else and they're protected. Their pension, everything's protected by a separate in entity instead of a CEO telling them when and they get money when they can't. But it's little things like that the government could do that they won't do. Because it would simplify things and it would make things work. Why well, you could make that argument for pretty much any any uh, any file or portfolio that the government is in control of. Um, well, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate because the governments, when you hear that they're going to a roundtable, or they've gotten advice from this person or that person, okay, well they get advice from the people who make the most money on the best advice that they give them. Now, if you get advice from somebody that's not gonna make any money from them, things would change. Why would you go to the biggest contractor in the city to find out about contracting? 
well, he's going to tell you what he wants you to know because he, he's got 2,000 people working in his company and he wants the contract. Absolutely. Right? So why would you go to him? Right? And why do you insist that unions have to be the ones to build things? There's lots of qualified companies out there. Half the companies out there, half the union members go out there and they work for six months or seven months. Then they go to work for these other companies because they don't have to pay their union dues for six or seven months. I personally think that all construction jobs should be bid on. And if you go and if you bid and you win the bid, if you go over, it comes out of the company's pocket, not the government's. And then you'll see how fast construction jobs are completed here in, in the city, not only in Toronto, but in other cities as well. Well, you know, we just had a provincial election. And I asked that question to somebody who was running and said, can you name me one project, just one project in the city of Toronto in the past 20 years or 30 years that got built that didn't go over budget? Or time, right? Yep. Now, <laughs> what do you think would happen if I had to go renovate somebody's kitchen? And I gave them a fifty or seventy-five thousand dollar price tag, and right in the middle of the contract, I had to look at them and say, "Listen, I'm sorry, but you know, I just can't do it for that price. I'm going to need a little bit more money." Sorry about that. The problems that we have, but we want to, uh, you know, see if we can't get in the office and find out why some of this stuff is the way it is, and is there a way for us to change it? You know, we have. Um, I was looking the other day at the counselors, how much money they have to spend and where they got their money from. And when you do the 90% of all their cash comes from developers. So you wonder why there's so much development going on. That'd be the reason. You mean uh, the, the cash that the city gets or are you talking about specifically the counselors? The counselors... The developer, like private individuals, don't don't help very much in municipal elections for money. So they, the developers, they help a lot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. So, if you're allowed to spend thirty thousand dollars, you know, twenty-seven thousand dollars of it came from developers. Right. And I refuse to do that. I refuse to take developers' money because I'm not going to be bold into them because I don't agree with a lot of what they're doing. Right. So. Absolutely, absolutely. All the counselors, they have. I've, I've, you know, there's a, there's a website that I can send to you, that shows you what the rundown is and who the people are that donated to the mayor, to the future mayor coming up, to counselors. And I won't take that. I will not take developers' money. Yeah, yeah. Send me that. I would. I would love to. Um, I would love to see that. Um, yeah. Moving along, I wanted to talk about uh, crime and police. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on what the crime rate is in Pickering, and I was wondering if you could shed light on that. And then I know the uh, the police force is the Durham Regional Police, but uh, specifically what I guess the relationship is between the Durham uh police and the city of Pickering and whether most of their resources stay in Oshawa, Ajax, Uxbridge, or Pickering, or any other part of Durham Region? Well, I'll tell you what. I know Durham Regional Police have had a... Uh, they've gotten a bad name 
with other police forces as being the bullies of the regions. And, you know, I mean, I've had uh, an opportunity to look at some of that. They're really, really good here. I mean, in the sense that we're Toronto, you're going to get a ticket for not having a blinker light working here. You know, fairly often they would say, look, can you get it fixed and just bring, come into the station to show me? Right? So they're pretty good. Pickering's not too, too bad as far as the crime goes. I mean, we're, you know, we're not the best in all the areas, but we're close. Right? We're close to being the best. Um, we have a few people who are, you know, troublemakers, but for the most part, they stay on top of it. They know who they are. They keep an eye on what's going on. So, I mean, it's not like you hear sirens here in Pickering every day. Very seldom you hear them. Right? So... But, I mean, they are, it is Norm Regional Police, so we have a station in each um, town, Beckering, Ajax, Oshawa, and Whippy, and Fort Perry, and Uxbridge. But it's pretty quiet. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the reasons a lot of people move out here. And like I say, I mean, they're, cops are usually pretty good. They're, they're pretty decent people to talk to, and they'll take the time to talk to you on the street. They'll take the time to talk to you and if they're at the mall. And so they're pretty good, and they do a lot. Of, they help out a lot in the parades and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody really complains too much about them. Well, well, that's good because you can't say that about the city of Toronto. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a there's definitely a difference. And like I say, I mean, the city of Toronto is, you know, you're almost three million people there now, and I mean, Pickering were a hundred thousand, hundred ten thousand. So I mean, it's. And it's mostly families, so we don't, we don't, you know, we don't really have the issues. I mean, we've had, we've had a, you know, shootings here, you know, we've had robberies here, stuff like that. For the most part, like I say, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good on top of it. I think they seem to, uh, they're decent with most of the citizens. They don't, they're not bullies. They're not, you know, but then again, I mean, if you've got handcuffs on you, I can't really tell you because... It's been a while since uh, I've had those on me. So. <laughs> okay, so I do have uh, a couple more things before we uh, we end here. Um, I think I, I told I told you on the phone. I asked this question to uh, to everybody, so I'm going to ask. You can uh, pass or say no or whatever. But is there anyone running uh, within Pickering that you'd be willing to endorse at this time? Yeah, I would endorse uh, Regional Councillor Linda Cook and. Uh, Ward 3 is Darshan, um, and he seems to uh, really be concerned about what's going on. Um, so he's running for city council. Um, unfortunately, some of the councillors that we had here are still running. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, at this point in time, I'm not endorsing any of the old councillors because I think, not that I don't like them or they won't do a good job, I don't, I just think we need a change. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, I think I told you this on the phone as well. Um, Ontario is my number one market, so a lot of my listeners are uh, local, whether it be Pickering, Toronto, even Hamilton, or anywhere else in Ontario. So um, why don't you tell them uh, where they can find you if you have a website or any other information that uh, we've left out? Yeah, uh, I own a company called DexRus.ca. So anybody, uh, you can send me an email. 
If you go to DexRoss.ca, you can, uh, my phone number's there. You type in my name in Google, you'll find me there a hundred times. Uh, I'm, I, I believe when I say transparency, I believe in it in the sense that if you type in most contractors, you might find their company uh, website. That's it. Me, you find my website, my phone number, any stories that are out there about me. Um, you find my address. Everything's there. Like, I want everybody to know exactly who I am and where I am, and it's been like that for years. Like we did. Um, we do a lot of fundraisers here. Um, I did the fundraiser for Danielle Kane, who was shot on the Danforth years back in 2018. She was shot in the back. Yes. We, we did a fundraiser for her. Um, I think we raised sixty-five thousand dollars. Did some renovations to our house, put in wheelchair ramps and widened the bathrooms and kitchens. Um, we do wheelchair ramps for free if we can get the donations. Um, so we don't charge people when they need those. Um, and that's, I mean, stuff like that you can see um, when you go online and search my name. So yeah, Dexterus is the best way to reach me. Well, that's awesome. We do have, we do have a new website coming up. Um, it's Frank for Frank for with a number four Ward Two dot ca. Um, it, it should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's in, in the process right now. Well, that's awesome. I'll look forward to uh, seeing that. And uh, I, I want to let you know, you know, election night is like uh, it's like Christmas for me. I get a bag of popcorn and I I sit in front of the TV and I watch each ward, not only in Toronto, all over, because I'm very curious at uh, whether the incumbent is going to get in or whether new blood is going to get in. And I'm very, very excited for this election. I think that it's important to go out and vote. So guys, get out and vote. It's October 24th. And the only way to affect change is to be part of it. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and trusting me to do this interview. I really appreciate that. And I wish you nothing but luck in your quest to become part of the City Council of the City of Pickering. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much.